Hey everyone, and welcome back. Thank you for choosing to listen to this episode of the How to Life podcast. I'm Dr. Laura Jaggett. I'm back again with some insight about how to know yourself. This episode is number 59. I love the title of today's show, which is called Following the Breadcrumb Trail. Do you remember the story of Hansel and Gretel? They were lost in the forest, but Hansel had dropped breadcrumbs and they were able to follow the trail and get back home. This is kind of what my guest, Junaid Ahmed, is going to encourage you to do today. Junaid is the host of the podcast Hacks and Hobbies. He himself is a lifelong hobbyist. He has explored many things from tech, cycling, photography, beekeeping, film and video, studio setup, which is what he's doing now, and podcasting. And they were all explored by following his curiosity. Curiosity is natural to everyone. Even if you think you don't have imagination or you're not curious about anything, I would say not true. You were probably steered away from it or you were talked out of it or maybe somehow you just never developed it, but it's there and it can lead you to such wonderful things that will enhance your life or at least help you define your preferences. Junaid believes that curiosity leads to investigation which leads to learning, which leads to mastery. And I would add that mastery can even lead to monetizing that skill. But I'm getting ahead of myself. So I invite you to enjoy this insightful podcast interview with a true Renaissance man, Junaid Ahmed. Junaid, welcome. Thanks so much for being on the How to Life podcast. I'm really happy to have you here. I'm super excited to be here. This is going to be a cool podcast interview, and I like the title, Following the Breadcrumb Trail. But before we get into it, before we follow that trail, will you please take a moment, introduce yourself, and tell us a little bit about you. Absolutely. My name is Junaid, and I am a tech enthusiast. I'm a hobbyist. I am a designer, and I love to tinker with things. I've really enjoyed my entire life, there's no decision that I made that I feel there's any regrets. Every once in a while, yes, we feel depression. But you know what? Where I'm standing right now, I feel so blessed. It seems like you have worn many, many hats in your life. And you've done many things. What brought you to that? And that's an excellent question. One of the things that I don't even remember how it was, but when we got our first computer, I was so curious. I was like, oh my God, what is this thing? I totally took into my curiosity and dug in all that I could learn about this computer. So I would say that I followed along every curiosity that I felt. Was that something that was just sort of intrinsic to you? Were you encouraged to follow that curiosity? I don't know if I was encouraged. I am the oldest of seven siblings, so there's no time to be alone. But when you pick up a hobby, you get to be alone. It was your escape. That's so true. You you put it in the perfect words possible. It was my escape. And so with my escape, I followed that rabbit hole and I end up what I am today. I did a test a while back, my personality test, and one of the things that I'm that came up was that I am an observer. And I found that 
chewing through over the years. Like I observe, and then when I've understood enough, I jump in and I take over. Do you find that's with everything that you sort of do in your life, including cycling or beekeeping or photography? You kind of observe, watch, research, and then do. Yeah, a lot of the times that's been the case. So, what does it feel like for you when your curiosity is sparked? And the reason I'm going to mention this is because I know people who curiosity was discouraged. Or not encouraged, and what I mean is, parents will have a path set for their kids, and they don't want any distractions taking the kids away from that path. So if the kid starts to look at something, they immediately redirect them, and then the child sort of loses their ability to recognize what curiosity feels like or what desire feels like. This same question applies for. People who grew up with no boundaries, because we know there are some that are just ignored and they're left on their own to forge their way, and they don't know how to do that because there are no boundaries. So I want to know if you could teach them, because I believe that you can be taught to tune into yourself to discover what it is that sparks something within you. How does it feel for you? You know that's an excellent point, and it brings me back to. The hero's journey. The hero's journey is we've it's repeated over and over in movies, over and over in books, and they show you that yes, you have all the freedom in the world, but how far can you really go? How far can you push yourself? Because that's what it all comes down to. How far can you really push before you give up? Before you say this is not for me? Before you change course? In that respect, I felt that. I love starting a lot of new things because that curiosity. But any time that I feel some resistance, I'll have to then recalibrate and say, "Okay, if I go deeper into this area that I'm going into, what benefits will I get out of it?" So I kind of re-engage and re-analyze the situation. So I like what and- you said about when you encounter some resistance. What is your definition of resistance? Resistance、okay. for me. How do I know that I'm kind of going down the wrong path? It doesn't feel fun. It feels forced. It feels effort. It's like, oh well, I've invested this much money, so I may as well continue the course, but I'm not really loving it. That's a big sign, and, and that's resistance. Non-resistance is you've heard the expression in the flow. Nothing can stop you. You don't realize how much time has passed because you're enjoying it so much. That's when you're in the flow, and you know when you go in a direction. I'll I'll give you an example. When I was trying to find my thing, when my kids were small, I thought, you know what, maybe I'd like to sew. But when I got into the course, I didn't enjoy it. It wasn't fun. I'm like, I'll just pay somebody to do this.、Mm-hmm. That was for me the resistance. In my podcasting journey, the resistance came. So initially, I was editing my own episodes, but then I felt and I wasn't getting to the place that I wanted to get. So I was like, you know, I can hand this task off and then continue doing the things that bring me joy, that brings flow to me. So you you loved the podcast, but there were aspects that you allowed yourself to delegate. Let's talk about your podcast a little bit. I love the、sure. title of it. It's called Hacks and Hobbies. Yes, it's called Hacks and Hobbies, and it's it's kind of a journey of who I 
was and who I am looking to become. I read the book Crushing It by Gary Vaynerchuk, and he said, just document the journey. But what comes out of that documenting is the stories that you build, the stories that you unravel within yourself. So the first season is all about documenting my journey as a beekeeper. And I'm like, okay, I want to do a podcast. And I was also researching how to set up a podcast for somebody else because I had uh, had that podcast in 2012 called Still Brewing It. So guess what? That brewing has now brewed and become hacks and hobbies, right? <laughs> That's following the breadcrumb trail. Something sparked your interest. One thing led to another. That's fun. The journey Absolutely. is fun. So what do you get out of following the breadcrumb trail of your curiosity? What does it give you? So what it gives me is confirmation and affirmation that I have enough knowledge to execute the plan that's in my head, that's been brewing in my head. So the podcast enabled me to do that. The first season, I just documented, and then I caught curious, like, hmm, there's other people that had hobbies. I wonder how did they make those hobbies into their main hustle? How did they do that? So I went and started talking to other people. I've interviewed over 200 people, get 200 guests on the podcast. And there's one common theme. The only way to get to the other side is to go do the journey. <laughs> when I was speaking with you earlier, you told me that curiosity leads to investigation, leads to learning, which leads to mastery. And then my question is, from mastery, you now can maybe take that to monetizing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, there's so many different ways to monetize. But I think the real monetization comes when people connect with you on a deeper level that you can't really put words around. Right When they can see the passion in your eyes, the passion in your emotion, in your voice, and the connection, I think that's really what brings somebody around. We all want to share our passion because it makes us happy. Happy people like to share things. You're going into this for the sake of your curiosity, for the sake of seeing Absolutely. what the potential could be. Failure is one of those possibilities. Mm -hmm. Resistance is one of those possibilities. But joy, success, and other surprises are also possibilities. That makes it really fun. Do you think that curiosity can be taught? You know, I'm not going to say taught because I think we are all born curious. Sometimes we get talked out of it. So how can you nurture it? What would you suggest? Well, the first thing that I suggest to nurture your curiosity is to think back in your life. What did you do that brought you joy when you were seven years old? that brought you joy when you was 13 years old, because those are pure curious things. And a lot of the times those things come back in full force. And if you nurture those abilities, I think that's going to help you become more curious. Find people that are doing the same thing you're doing. When I stepped into podcasting, I was invited to be part of the Anchor community on Facebook. I saw, I saw other people enjoying podcasting and I found that to be, you know, exhilarating. So anytime that I, I go into one specific task or, or one specific hobby or another, I'll find that tribe 
and I'll, you know, communicate with them. And it's going to give you a sense of satisfaction that you may not get from anywhere else. If it feels true to you, if it sparks interest, you're on the right path. You said you've been in tech for 30 years Mm -hmm. uh, and then you you're into beekeeping. Tell me the journey of how you got into beekeeping, because that's kind of not along the same vein as tech. Or is it? There's a science to it, maybe. There is a science to it, right? Well, I am a father of three kids. So eight years ago, my oldest, uh, we took him to an allergist because he had allergies. The allergist mentioned, hey, you should probably get some local honey that's going to help with his seasonal allergies. So it kind of like hung out in my head. Time passes. Since I'm a tech enthusiast, I'm a huge backer on Kickstarter. I've backed over 280 projects. There was one project called Flowhive. So I started researching. I found a local beekeeper, beekeeping association group. I went to the meeting. They're like, oh, next, this uh, winter, this January, we're going to be starting a class. It's this much money. It's eight weeks. Come in, learn about it, and then you can order the equipment. You'll know exactly what you need to do to become a beekeeper. So that's how. That's the trail. You just kept following the trail. (laughs) That's right. That's awesome. That's exactly right. I'm still doing it. We harvested 40 pounds of honey one season and looking to harvest some more this year. And it helped your son? Yes. All right. So now going back to tech, you are now following a home studio setup. I'm looking at your studio. It's amazing. So what are you doing with that now? So this was an inspiration and it comes from another story. All going back to tech. In 2018, I learned about LinkedIn Local. A friend of mine out in UK, she started this movement. People on LinkedIn should be able to meet each other. So a local event happened to happen around uh, where I was working. So I, I visited it. And with, when I showed up, I brought my little camera gear, my little gadgets and whatnot. And I'm walking around with this video gear. Like I'm going to document this as I walk around. And somebody noticed me, the host. So he reached out to me and he said, hey, how would you like to do a presentation on how to use your mobile phone for video production? So I created this presentation in person. And then I was like, you know what? I want to write a little ebook around it. So I wrote a little chapter and I was like, you know what? I want to do a course. So of course, to create a video course, you need to shoot video. So I took my camera, I put it in my office and all I saw was yellow walls. And I'm like, this is not going to play well. I mean, I'm teaching people how to use camera. I got to have a good setup. Following that breadcrumb trail, right? I had all the equipment. So a little backstory. I've been doing short films and documentaries for a decade now with cameras and DSLRs and whatnot. So I had a ton of gear. So I was like, let me put this together. So I spent the time and put together my studio so that I can show up online. I can do the streams. All so that I can spend the time and create the course. So that two and a half year journey of being on the podcast helped me become a better speaker, help me tell a better story. So now that I'm in front of the camera, I can tell that story. 
I tell everybody, even though it took me three to four months to set up my studio, having 10 years of knowledge of video and camera work and everything, it still took me another seven months to get good at talking to the camera, talking to the audience. And you teach people how to do that now. Absolutely. Yes. I do help people how to set up your studio, how to sound good on audio, on on your video, as well as create a space. So all you have to do is come into your studio, press the record button and start talking. I can sit here for an hour and record 10 videos and send it off to my editor and they're ready the next week or two weeks later. Junaid, how do we find you? Tell us how we find your podcast and how we can find uh, your website. Absolutely. So the podcast is hacksandhobbies.com. You can literally tell Siri or Alexa to play Hacks and Hobbies podcast. And uh, you can find the home studio stuff on homestudiomastery.com. Before we go, will you give us a few tips about following curiosity how to trust it, and what the benefits of it are. The number one benefit of following your curiosity is that you're going to, number one, put yourself in uncomfortable situations, but that's the only way to grow. And when you grow, you'll find that you've been living under a rock. (laughs) So following your curiosity enables you to grow. It enables you to connect with other people like-minded people and find even more joy because now you come back and like, oh my God, I talked to this person and they're doing this with this video. They're doing this with, uh, you know, beekeeping. It just opens your mind to so many more possibilities. It also enables you to find veins, find similarities in other areas of life. One thing that I've come to a realization Everything is in a cycle. Like our entire life, everything around us is a cycle. We have day, we have night, we have dark, we have light. Everything has up and down. And if you look at the colors, the lights, the wavelengths, the radio waves, the up and down movement, some are longer, some are shorter, but it's all in sync. Everything is in sync with each other. It's so beautiful. I mean, our own heartbeat represents that when when you're curious you'll start finding these similarities and your mind will open up like nothing ever before follow that trail junaid thank you so much for taking the time to share this story and this encouragement i really appreciate you thank you thank you so much for giving me the opportunity if you don't have a hobby yet why not look into it If you don't want to make the leap right now, then maybe just watch. That is the first waking of your curiosity. Then when you're ready, allow yourself to follow where it leads. Good things happen when you follow good things. For fun and inspiration, check out the Hacks and Hobbies podcast. There are some great and inspiring guests on there to help you get inspired. All the links can be found in the show notes for this show which will be at howtolife.com slash 059. If you want to hear more about awakening your inner inquiring mind, I suggest you have a listen to episode 54. Johnny McLean talks about the importance of a creative outlet. And episode 25 will give you some pointers on how to follow your intuition. 
Did you enjoy this podcast? If so, I would love it if you would please leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcast. And if you want to take it one step further, a nice review would be very much appreciated. All the content I put out for How to Life, all the podcast episodes, all the YouTube mominars can be found on my website. And you can also contact me there as well. And that is howtolife.com. Thank you very much for choosing to spend your time by tuning in today. I will be back next week with another show to help you master adulting. So bye for now. Have a wonderful week and trust yourself. Make sure you're having fun. And don't worry about anything. You got this. 